You're listening to Culture Matters, a podcast that explores the intersection of faith and culture. My name is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-host, the Adam Hawkins, and our delightful co-host who makes every episode she's on about 6,000% better, Miss Elizabeth Woodson. Hey, friends. How you doing, Elizabeth? I'm fabulous and cold at the same time. It is cold. The room that we're <laughs> sitting in, the temperature is about 58, and we are my in, coat on. in Dallas, Texas. I have a blanket on. I never use a blanket unless I'm sleeping, so if I start to yawn, don't be surprised. Adam, you are wrapped up like a Jedi warrior in a cloak. Thank you. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm good, man. Good. Well, today's episode, we're going to talk about Christian single... Living the dream. Christian single men, if I can get through it. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Christian single men. I'm excited about this. This is a huge deal. I hear about this all the time. So here we go. Well, one of the things I hear about a lot from the people in our church is what's the deal with Christian single men? And I'll tell you, there are a lot of wonderful Christian single men in the world and in our churches. They're fantastic. But I think most of the time they're asking, because it seems like the ratio at a lot of churches is there a lot more, when it comes to singles, there's a lot more women than there are men. And then when it comes to their involvement in the church, there's a lot more women involved in the church than there are single men involved. And then when it comes to wishing maybe we weren't single anymore, it sure seems like the impetus should be on the Christian single men to do something. And trends are that people are getting married later and later and less and less likely to meet somebody in the church that they'll marry. Most of it is happening through dating apps and things like that. So this is a question I hear all the time. Is that... Is that, is that um like published, like, or is that just something you've noticed in terms of there are more women in church or single women? I'm glad in church. you're asking because if you're asking, have I done verifiable <laughs> research? No, I'm just have I like Barna did a study, or I, I didn't know. You, I mean, because I've I've noticed that too. It seems oh, that yeah. our single women here at Citizens are really involved, and and yeah. yes, there are single men who are involved here, but I've just noticed that same trend. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think did. it's anecdotal, okay. but Elizabeth, have you seen the same oh, thing? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, guaranteed, yeah. That's yeah. verifiable. That's three people. Three for three. Who have all looked out across our spectrum and seen it. So Yeah. Elizabeth, do you ever have do people ever ask you? You've worked at a couple different churches. Mm-hmm. Have you had people notice and mention or ask about lack of Christian single men? Yeah. I mean, I used to lead a singles ministry and there was definitely a lot more women that would come to and I think all singles ministry has its um, stigma too but we just had a lot more women than we had men just being involved even when it just came to Bible study and just showing up to serve in the church so it was an a constant conversation of where are the men yeah Mm. absolutely and I think uh, when you look at leadership you know people ask me sometimes like can a single man be an elder you know like Paul was an elder and he was a single man he was not married so we say like yeah absolutely but when you look around your church it's very i feel like increasingly mm-hmm. rare that you see single men as elders that you would see single men doing the kind of work that you would think be elder. most elders in most churches again this is anecdotal evidence adam so don't challenge it I'm, i was i really <laughs> wasn't i thought you were saying like i read the study you see elders that are married men and you know it talks about how they lead their household which is absolutely mm-hmm. true and you like that's a great way to see if a man leads well is how he leads within his home but Single men in general, and I want to make sure off the top, this is not an episode to rip on single men. In fact, if you are a single man in the church, I hope this episode mm-hmm. is one that encourages you saying, man, why, why isn't this more uh, prevalent? 
But let me, let me ask you a question, Adam. If you are sitting down with a group of women from your church, and one of the women in your church said, man, I just started dating this single guy at Citizens, and he has been an exceptional spiritual leader. He has been, he sets the boundaries in our relationship when it comes to sexual purity. He leads the way when it comes to who we need to be spiritually. He convinces me that he believes I am beautiful and attractive, and at the same time, he's not only interested in me sexually. He, uh, he shows up, he works hard, and he is involved in his church. What do you think, the rest of the women in that group, they would describe that as what? That is so what? What do you think they would say? I mean, um, I think they would say that's so great. Yeah, I think they'd say great. <laughs> But what else might they say? Do you think they would say that's like that's so rare? I mean, honestly, that would be like the unicorn, you know? Yeah. I honestly, I I mean, I that's not that's not typical. No, it'd be atypical, it'd right? It'd be very atypical. So why? And this is my question. Why? Why are we in a church, in a culture where it'd be so rare, atypical, but maybe refreshing, great, yeah. like you said, to see a single man lead well in a relationship? within a church. Let me get personal. Would your wife have described you that way when you guys were dating? Yes, I think she would. Really? Now I have other ex-girlfriends that would say, Adam, <laughs> how dare you, you hypocrite, talk yeah. about something like sure. this. Sure, okay. Yeah, but I believe like I was 30 when I met my wife and I was okay, you were, vastly yeah. matured yeah. over the younger version of myself. Okay. But age wasn't all of it. It was spiritual maturity. I was 21 when I met my wife and yeah. I think She'd have a lot to say on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, babe. She probably would. But I don't think it's as simple as kind of the, the standard cultural answer of like no. men, are, men are idiots, and that's why. No, or men yeah, are foolish. That's... And I don't think what's going to win out here is a church that dogs on men. No. What I want to be is a church that calls men to be yeah. who they're supposed to be. Uh, amen. I want to know, like, are we not? Are we not doing that? Is it not overt enough? Or is it just not being heard? Is it not being responded to? But Elizabeth, similar. If a group of women, you heard that, what would women say? Do you think they would say words like rare, refreshing? Say, does he have a brother? Does he? Because <laughs> <laughs> it is. I think it is rare to just find that. Um, even when it comes to just male and female friendships in the context of the local church, that I can just have a good brother who I have a, as a friend who is there to support me and in relationship with in a way that glorifies the Lord in that just I don't have a lot of female friends that in the context of the church that, that their story. And so to me, I think that's something I always thought through and wrestled with with the guys who were there. Where Why isn't the church a place where single men want to find themselves? That's really, yes. that's a great question. It is a great question. You know what do you think? I don't know. I mean, you know, as I'm thinking through our congregation, I would describe so many of our campus outreach dudes that way. Which is a ministry that reaches it's out. It's a ministry that reaches college, college students. Yeah. But then if you were to say a, a more young professional or something like that, like after college or something like that, I don't, I'm not sure. A lot of them would be those guys who were in, really involved in, in that kind of ministry in college who have stayed with us, who maybe got a job here or something like that. So, but it would trend younger. In other words, if I, as I'm trying to think about like the 28 to 34 year old single mm -hmm. Christian man, I'm trying to think like, where are, are they? Where are they? You know what yep. I mean? Um, well, what's interesting is they are like, if you go to public places, where they're men there. hang out, you will see a lot of single men. That's right. And if you yes. go to a gym, you yes. go to a bar, mm -hmm. yep. you'll see a lot of Christian single men. So it's not a demographic a cultural study. No, no. And again, I don't have verifiable evidence, but I, we're about 50-50 on single men, single women in the city. Yes. 
when it comes to gender. But when it comes to the church, it sure seems like, hey, those demographics aren't, aren't holding sway anymore. Mm. They're, they're not mm. equal to what we see in the community. So we're not reflective of the culture around us. And even within that, I don't know if you guys see this at your churches, but as I've like interviewed men for membership, several young single men are, are joining the church. And when I ask them why, they'll say, well, my girlfriend really believes this yes. is a really mm. good idea. Yes. Yeah. Or men that are married even joining the church say, well, my wife was really getting on yep. to me about doing this. And I'll go, well, what is it? about the Christian church in America 2019 that makes it apparently an unappealing reality for a yeah. particularly a Christian single man, but maybe men in general. I I want to I want to resolve it. And I want to talk about how we what should we do. But what do you think? What are the things, what are the factors out there that men are going, man, that's just not my scene? I mean I think because a lot of we this conversation, I think working in different churches, because I think it is also just men in general. Yeah. Um, and so how do you create, cause women show up to church for different reasons. Um, you know, I think show up to church a lot of times for community just to meet other women and then fall into what the church is, is there for, but men connecting and finding community in different ways. Um, I think questions about discipleship. And so just, um, you have, I think in the communities that I've been in, just a breakdown of fatherlessness and so that how that's impacted things being passed down of this is who you are, this is who you are in Christ, and this is a community that you're supposed to be a part of. Um, and churches that have strong male presence, I've seen to be churches where the pastor has a super intentional ministry to go out and get men, huddle them up and be in discipleship relationships and churches that don't have that just the men's presence is not strong. That's excellent. One thing let me key in on, are, are you connecting or do you think uh, that a lack of male leadership in the home has contributed to a lack of males willing to lead in the church or become part of the church? Yeah. I mean, I think it's you become what you see. Yeah. Um, and when you don't think that that's important or that the life that you desire to live is not going to be um, promoted or... Like what, who you want to be is not in that space or yeah. this place is not. Because I don't want to say, because I know there's a lot. I know single guys who are present in the church. This isn't true of them. But I do think that fatherlessness is connected to the dynamic of men not in the church. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. And I think the version of masculinity maybe that we have portrayed mm-hmm. in the church is not the same as what the cultural w- would 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 be a proponent of. Right. Like we have, we have made uh, manhood something where it's like, well, how will I, I if I want to be strong and I want to be you know, released to use my masculine mm-hmm. gifts. We've kind of, in some ways, created a church where that if, if you're not in touch with your emotions publicly, then maybe this isn't going to be the place for you. And I think single men and men in general might feel like, man, a church doesn't seem like someplace that's very appealing to me because mm-hmm. I don't want to sit around and talk about what's hard and what where I yeah. struggle. I want to sit around maybe and talk about more surface level things, or maybe they're saying that's just... Not a preference, but I wonder if there's a, a turnoff in what yeah. we've done. Yeah, I, I would say, I'm thinking about my own experience. When I first came and really started coming to church, I was uh, maybe 26, so I was this. Now I And my, you were dating at the I time. I ser- had been dating for, like, my wife. Well, like six or seven years. Like six or seven years. Yeah. So, uh, my <laughs> wife. I'm sorry, babe. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say that a lot on this episode. Um, but... 
you know, we both came at an interesting time and I was very broken and knew I needed help. And there were a lot of single guys, a lot in our recovery ministry at the Dallas campus. A lot of us were in there around similar ages, but we had kind of come to the end of ourselves, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So we were very, I think we were kind of a specific demographic, you know, I mean, the, the group was so big, we were having to split like all the time. We couldn't handle how many people were in there. And it was a lot. So it was a lot, you know, 30, 40 guys guys um for sure and and most of us single in that space most of us around that age but we were doing the things that you were talking about we had we had understood something had affected us that we knew that like whether we wanted to or not we needed to be vulnerable and start talking about our problems mm-hmm. right yeah. and i do think i i will say the 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 way we offer community in the church i don't know if it's I know it's what guys actually want. I do know that. I just don't know if they realize it's okay. So like when I got in there and it was like a group of men who were talking about all kinds of issues of their life and growing up and all these kind of things and their mistakes and their difficulties, it was like such a breath of fresh air to everybody. I don't know that most guys realize that that's what church can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you were to tell them, I think the immediate reaction would be like, no, man, I don't want to, you know, like a, a, a group life kind of a situation. Hey, you're going to come and we're going to study the Bible and we're going to talk about deep issues. I think they'd, I think they actually want that. I don't know that they know mm-hmm. they want that. If you yeah. were to say, hey, we're going to do a volleyball league or something like mm-hmm. that, maybe you get more, I don't think you get seriousness, but maybe you get more single guys showing up. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. the basketball league, yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah. sports. Yeah. yeah, yeah. if it's sports-oriented, maybe it's different, but it's because you're appealing to some preference again. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe that there's something spiritually where the gospel applies better to the single mm-hmm. woman, right? We no. don't believe that like the church no. has some corner on the market on, on feminine qualities, and nor that... Uh, that it makes you less than masculine to be aware of what's wrong with you or to confess those to people. In fact, I really believe when I became a believer that uh, my heart was softened towards the heart uh, towards other things. It's not that I became wimpier; it's because I became more empathetic. I became like more aware of what other people yes. felt mm-hmm. and yes. felt the same. Yeah. And it wasn't that I became a wuss. It's because like, oh, the Lord softened my heart yeah. in a way that is good and right. And I'm not saying that all men have hard hearts either, but I'm saying there's something about the uh, culture we've created where either men have abdicated leadership or feel free to not participate in it, or that the church is unappealing to them in a way that is still appealing to women. Mm -hmm. And I think what's what's come from that, I think you see the results of it. One, we have pervasive singleness uh, much longer than we used to, but also in a much greater amount than Mm -hmm. we used to. And again, I don't know the numbers on these things, but the average marriage has gone from the early 20s to the earlier mid-30s. And so you have a lot more people in their 30s who are still single. And you can talk about expanded adolescence, and you can talk about failure to launch, and you can talk about the millennial generation and work ethic, or the lack of a, a war, or things like that. And those may all be factors. And I have never sat down with my grandparents and asked them, hey, were we're men uh, coming to your church then and now they're not anymore? Mm. I don't know if that's the reality. But I do know that there is something universally appealing about the gospel, and yet we have not seen that be true in the demographics of our churches. So in the same way, we might have an episode where we talk about racial reconciliation and say, hey, if your city is diverse, but your church is homogenous, maybe there's something you need to address. Mm. I wonder if there's not something that we can strategically help a church a think point. through culturally yeah. to go, your city is 50% men and women. Is, is that reflected in the single population mm-hmm. in your church? Obviously, in the married population, they're married. There's going to be a man and a woman in that group. But in the single population... 
is it reflect your city? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying maybe on the same scale or level that we need to go to racial reconciliation, but I think the same kind of question should be asked. Are, do we reflect the community we're a part of? And if not, why not? Yeah. And if, mm-hmm. that, if, we can, if we can't get to the root of that, is there something we could do? Is there something we could do to intentionally pursue the men of our community yeah. or uh, invest and disciple in the ones that are here? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you specifically, so one of the other demographic anomalies at our church, and I don't believe this holds true everywhere, but we have about 60 to 65% of the kids in our kids' ministry are boys, which is just like, it's just the birth demographic of our church. But we've looked at it as like an incredible opportunity to say, listen, we have a majority male kid population, a majority female single population. Hey guys, if you're here and you're single, would you please get involved in our kids' ministry and help demonstrate for these young men what it looks like to be a godly man? Mm And then challenging our men on why, some of these same questions I'm asking here, I've asked some of the single men in our church, why is it so refreshing for women in our church to be led well by a single man? Why would it be so rare for her to believe that you would set the tone of how a relationship should go? Why is it so rare that if we said, hey, we're going to have a singles event, that we would have men step up and say, hey, can I please lead it? Can I please help make it happen? And can I please invest in, 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 uh, in, in the church? Why is it so rare? And it's, it's hard for them to come up with reasons why. But most of it is just like, I don't know why I don't want to. I don't know why it's unappealing. Well, we know. Let me ask this. this I, don't, I don't mean to get us off topic, but I, have, I wonder if this is at all connected to this sort of like thing that seems to be... Um, let me just put it out there. You know how like uh, all these men seem to be, I think it goes back to fatherlessness and some of these bigger societal issues. But so now we're not talking specifically about Christian men, although I think they're probably part of this demographic. But do you know how like a Jordan Peterson or somebody like that, he wrote the 12 rules for, I don't know what it is. It's some sort of 12 rules deal. And all these guys have jumped on board. There's this like young fatherless generation and he like counsels all these guys Mm. on like how to be men, totally secular, all that kind of stuff. But it's like, it's huge. It's blown mm-hmm. up. It's like there's more people signed up than he can spend time with and all this stuff. And it's like a cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. that there are these young single guys mm-hmm. who who are gravitating towards the... It's almost like th- what's strange is I think the church has a better answer yes. uh, than the culture, but I don't know why they don't see it. That, you know, it's like all men want to lead. And so I can, yeah. I remember coming into the church and it's like weird to kind of be like, put yourself under an authority. I was super anti-authoritarian and all that, but all it took was like a couple older guys being like, Hey man, this is, and all of a sudden I realized like, wait, it's not just about being under authority, it's being discipled to lead, you know, yes, and yeah. you need to be able to follow before you can lead and these kind of things. And then given leadership opportunities, it's like, man, I've never felt so poured into and I've never felt like I've gotten so many opportunities uh, to flex the gifts God has given me as when I joined a church. Do you know yep. what I mean? It didn't happen in the world. Mm. And so I I wonder if it's just a failure to... I don't market's the wrong word, but to let people know that that's actually what's going to happen here and to create those opportunities. Like you said, Elizabeth, it's like, man, the places where you've seen it is where men are going out and going after these single guys and saying, Hey, come to church, come to this place. And I will, we can teach you what it looks like to be a leader and be strong be a man, and be a man for the gospel, for the gospel. Yeah. I mean, I think there have been a couple of times I've been at churches and have seen the pastor preach on kind of fatherlessness. Hey, if you didn't have a dad, I just want to bring you down and pray over you. And 
like swarms of men mm, wow. come down. Wow. And so I do agree that I think men, especially um, single guys, they're hungry. Yeah. They yes. want to be poured into. They want a father or a father figure and are looking for that. I mean, I get people sending me videos on Instagram all the time of non-Christian men who are kind of giving this fatherly advice yes, yes. of this is how you grow up and this is how you be a man and this is how you raise your children because they've grown up in households with fathers who weren't there. And so they see the impact of a lifestyle that's broken and they don't yeah. want that, but they need a new path. But a lot of times in the church, um, and I would have my singles guys say, hey, we just feel like we get beat down mm. yeah. when we come into the church. Like you're supposed to be this. If you're not this, you're not a man. And instead of providing a pathway for them to be supported and encouraged and poured into, mm. you know, I think your experience to me is rare Okay, of having, yeah. you know, I had multiple guys pour into me and what that did for you. Yeah. And I feel like if that was present more in the church and more intentional, then we'd have guys there. Cause like you said, what they need, we have. Yeah. But a lot of times we're not even seeing that we need to push forward and be more intentional about providing That's it. Good. That's really good. A couple shifts we can make too in language. I think a lot of times in churches, we present what we offer as programs or as ministries. And we'll say, if you want this, or if you like this, mm-hmm. here's something, you do. here's a class, Elizabeth, you teach Bible classes. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in this, yeah. sign up. That's the way we say it. Instead, I think we could start demonstrating better leadership, especially for single men, by saying, if you're single men, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, here's what you're going to do. Instead of, if you feel like it, here's an opportunity. Because I think one of the shifts that has happened in our culture is that, uh, and in some ways really good, but uh, years and years ago, the image of the American man was like this patriarchal leader mm-hmm. of the house who was also maybe uh, in those days secretly abusive with no repercussions. And so because of the the now rampant uh, uh, availability or rampant awareness of abuses, we've shifted away from that to a way of like, hey, we, we want to promote more safety, more the strength of women, the protection of children, those kind of things. But now the image culturally we have of men is uh, the kind of the, the babbling idiot, the, the buffoon, the, buffoon, the yeah. passive buffoon. Yeah. And passivity defines manhood more than, mm-hmm. than most characteristics. Yeah. It's like, I'll sit back, I'll let it come to me, or I'll do the things I want. And we think what great freedom looks like is freedom looks like doing what you want to do, mm-hmm. right? So if we present things as a church to say, hey, if you want to do this, you should do this, then we, we are promoting that same idea of like individual freedoms that lead to preference. Instead of saying, as your leader, as your pastor, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sign up for this class, particularly you single men. Men, you, you make up a smaller group of us. We really want to develop you. We want to lead you. So here's what you're going to do today. You're going to go online and you're going to register for this class. Mm-hmm. Or hey, you're going to come on this trip with us. Men, you're going you're gonna to do this. This is what I want you to do. And make it about, I want, as your leader, for you to do this. Mm-hmm. Instead of, hey, do you feel like participating in the body of the church. I want to lead better in that way. But I feel like uh, I have ingrained in me some of those same passive tendencies Mm -hmm. of like, hey, it's up to you guys. What do you think we should do? And that has led to not maybe the numbers depleting, but me not leading as well as I could. Well, even think about that. Think about like, this this analogy always breaks down and I, I know it can sound so, so just know that. But like, even think about how you would raise your kid. It's like, if I'm trying to teach my son what it means to be a man, so it's like, hey man, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to take care of this and this and this for your mom or for your sister. Yeah. And the reason we're going to do that, it's not because they can't, can't do it themselves, but our job is to make sure they're flourishing. That's our job. Our role is to be the power underneath uh, them so that they know uh, so that they can stand and stand strong in their gifts and those kind of things. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to free your mom up 
to have a little time for herself. So that means we're gonna we're gonna cook tonight or whatever. I, what I don't do, I'm not going to him. I'm t- and I'm passing something really important on to him. Hey, yeah. this is what it means to be a man. I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna serve this way and these kind of things. I don't go. Hey, do you feel like? maybe help mom out today. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's yeah. more like call you to something. And that's how you guys at the Dallas campus were with me. It was, you know, the leaders in recovery came to me and said, hey, I want you to lead here. Here's what this is going to mean. And here's some things you're going to need to do. Yep. And because they said it that way, I was like, I have to do, yep. you know, in a good way. It was like, I have to do this because that is what I want to be. And, and you know, like if they would have just said, hey, do you feel like spending extra time here and reading all this stuff? It's like, I was just becoming an attorney. I would have been like, no, I don't have the time and I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. you know. But it was like, this is what we have for you. And yeah. it means these things. It was like, I'm in, you know. D- yeah. Does that make sense? No, totally. I think yeah. what we always say in our church, at least, your best candidates come from recruiting more yes. than just giving a passive yes. to anybody like cow, like cattle call. Yeah. And I think the same would be true in these things. So if I want single men to step up, what should I do? Yeah. I should go to the single men of That's my right. congregation yeah. and say, here's what I want you to do. Yeah. So if we want to have a singles event, instead of just saying, hey, is anybody willing to lead this singles event? I will go to some single men in my church and say, hey, I want you to make this event happen. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if they say no, we're going to navigate that. I'm not forcing people hand yeah. to do things. But I am going to go to them and imply, this is the desire of my heart that you would step up. Mm-hmm. And this is not just, hey, if you're open to it, you could email me. It's like, no, this is this is what I want you to do. And I feel like in that, I'm inviting them into something like you're describing mm-hmm. in the same way I would disciple a son. Yeah. I'm going to say, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I took my son, my oldest son and I went uh, last week down to the neighborhood around Dallas Northway, which was just destroyed by a tornado. And we served, he served for probably three or four hours. He's seven years old, picking up leaves, moving branches, moving heavy stuff. And he just, he was not happy. No. Because he's going, seven years old. He's like, I don't want to do this. And yep. I get it. Yep. Uh, but one day his perspective on what you want to do and what you should do should change. Mm-hmm. And if we have a generation of men that will only do what they want to do, and have never been taught what they should do, then who does the impetus or who does the onus lie on to change that? It's isn't it their pastors, leaders, shepherds to be able to say, hey, let me help you understand what you should be doing, even if it's not what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's this idea that you talked about calling them to something greater and you pass down this is what it means for you to be a man. And mm. we have a generation where that that baton hasn't been passed. Yep. And so I remember I was sitting in, uh, worked with a lot of millennials. I'm a millennial, so I know I talk about that. But <laughs> <laughs> I just had a really difficult time. And I was in a presentation at the end. She was like, you have to parent them mm. because they're a generation that have not been parented. And that just made everything click for me. It's this idea that I have to help pour in, call out, raise up a generation that hasn't had that happen. I have parents who have passed down and raised up for me. And so that's part of the reason why I am the way I am and that the church is able to fill that gap for people who don't have that. And I think calling men to be something greater, man, the fruit that could come from that. Amen. Amen. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not just talking about, I mean, we haven't even gotten into it, but you talk about marriages and the lack of uh, men's inability because maybe they've never been discipled in how to ask out a woman on a date mm-hmm. and how to do it without, one, making it seem like you're creepy if she has to say no to you and that no longer can you exist in the same church or environment. So you don't want to ever do it at church because what if you make church hard? Mm. Or uh, to make it seem like you're uh, overbearing, prideful, arrogant, like, of course you want to date me. Like, how do you navigate that world? Mm-hmm. And they haven't been taught, like, the best way to do this is to be entirely honest about the right things. Mm-hmm. Because our, our culture has made dating about attractiveness 
and made it awkward. And romantic relationship is like the epitome of relationship. And if we took some of those things and said, hey, how about instead, single men, we give you permission to get to know the women of this congregation in a way that is not going to seem forced or flirtatious or any kind of creepy weirdness. Just give you permission to get to know each other. And then at the end of that, say, here, let let me equip you with some questions or with some things you can say to a woman. You could say to a woman, hey, you know what? I've heard such great things about you. I would love to get to know you better. If you're not interested in that, let me just tell you right now, that's okay. You don't have to worry about running into me again. I'm going to be fine. But let me give you permission to say no to me and, and remove the awkwardness from it. But say, because I like the things about you the Bible would call me to like in you, I'd like to know you better. And not just like, hey, I've no, I love what you're wearing. You look hot. Will you go out with me? And make it this kind of weird, what our culture does, like mm-hmm. a kind of the Saved by the Bell, Top Gun world that I grew up in, which is like yeah. the man does something flirtatious and cool and the girl's <laughs> super into it. But the truth is, if you do that and she's not into it, it's like, well, now we're in church together. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't like me. I don't like her. I'm pretty sure I asked my wife to marry me on the, fir- the first time I talked to her. So <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, there's another danger, <laughs> too. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> I was like, hi. Will you marry me? Oh, man. <laughs> I think if our it church is... for you. Yeah, yeah no. It, it probably would have made it super awkward. It probably made it super awkward. I think if our churches can Sorry, become babe. places where there's like a, an academy for manhood to some degree, where you help men understand this is how to get into a relationship yes. well. This is a really important how to get out of a relationship well mm-hmm. and still be, uh, still be able to participate in the same biblical community after a breakup. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And then how to be in a relationship well, how to communicate well, how to treat somebody with respect. We talk a lot about lust. We talk a lot about pornography, and those things need to be addressed. We talk a lot about anger and greed. Those things need to be addressed. But what if we started intentionally thinking about what do the single men of our community need to be discipled in? Some of it you're going to find out is functional life skills when it comes to relationships, both friendships and romantic. And what if the church was the place to do that? Mm. And what if instead of being surprised when a man is godly in a relationship, we're like, well, yeah. He's the standard Eastside man, the standard citizens church man, the standard village man is like, this is who our men are. It doesn't mean they'll all magically marry one another and the single women. And we're not talking about the perfection of single women, but this episode is about single men. We believe there's a lot we have to offer single men. The, the gospel is a better story for them than the story the culture has told them about themselves. I believe the church is full of men capable of pouring out wisdom that to them, honestly, it's now common sense, but to a young man is going to be wisdom. Mm. And we're capable of that. And yet we're fine. We seem very at peace with the lack of demographic unity across men and women in the single populations of our church. And I'll tell you, when I said I hear about this from a lot of people, I'm sure you guys assumed, but it's true. The people I hear about this from are the single women of our congregation. Mm -hmm. Why are the men like this? Where are the men? Why am I always leading and it's not a complaining sense. It's a real question of like, why is it like this? And I get it. I don't want it like that either. And I believe our churches can do something. So I'm going to pray for that towards that end. I want to pastor towards that end. And I hope our churches become aware of like, what are we asking people to do preferentially? And what are we instructing and discipling our people to do the way the Bible's instructed and discipled us to do it? Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. Today's episode was recorded and mixed by Chris Starrett and produced by David Roark. If you like what you heard, you could please give us a great review wherever you listen to the podcast and follow us on Instagram. Thank you for listening. God bless. We'll see you next time.